Hello and welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian talk about marketing things on their brain. So, Adrian, what's on your brain this week? Yeah, so I am deep in thought about the anatomy, the pain points, the structure of a one-person marketing team. So I work a lot as a one-person marketing team, sometimes as a consultant, and then even with the agency that I just recently launched as a help to a one-person marketing team. So I'm really trying to understand like how this works, who they are. And like Josh, I know that Referral Rock has been at times a one-person marketing team. And so I just thought maybe we could talk about what does it look like for these one-person marketers? What are some of their common like struggles? What are the things that they deal with? And then, you know, how how are they successful? How do they how do they find success? And what are the things that a one-person marketing team really should prioritize? Because when it comes down to it, you can't do it all. You absolutely cannot do everything. So what do you prioritize? How do you execute? Um, one of the things that I think everyone should know when we talk about a one person marketing team, that means a one person in-house hire, right? That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean one person is doing all of every tiny little bitty details. What I've noticed is that usually one person marketing teams hire freelancers, contractors, consultants, and agencies to fill in the gaps. So kind of like to talk a little bit about that today and just how do we help these one people marketing teams be successful? Cool. Yeah. No, that sounds fun. So would you classify these as, um, so they are still reporting to like a founder. They're not necessarily a founder or, or, or like a CEO or anything like that, that that's like a, you know, one, one person business, (laughs) they are, uh, they are given ownership of the marketing function and all the trimmings that are entailed under that, but they do report to someone. um, Yeah with it within that scope. And, uh, but like you said, they could, they, they, they have ownership over the marketing function. That's probably the easiest way to say it. Yeah, absolutely. And so some people would assume this means they're small, they're tiny, they have a little budget. Um, that's not always true. So people that I've worked with in, in my experience, I've been on one people like support one person marketing teams where they had 20, developers and like they'd raised funds. They were in series B and series C, um, you know, multi, multi, multi millions dollars in fundraising. Um, so it's not always that it's a tiny product or brand new. Sometimes just the one person, it can be that marketing hasn't been a huge initiative and a huge focus for the company. Um, you know, I've been a helped companies where they've been around for 20 years and literally just started doing marketing. And so they're like, yeah, we've we've done fine by word of mouth, but we're ready to grow. And so we hired a marketer. So just to kind of give, there, there's a large breadth of, um, I guess, a, a big spectrum when it comes to mm-hmm. what it actually means to be a one-person marketing team. Would you consider like, so especially one of these ones that have done it later in their, in their life cycle, wasn't a day one needing a marketer in-house? And again, we're talking about in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you say... Other ones have had either maybe used full service consulting agencies to help get it up and running. So it's like the, that one person marketing team in-house is now coming in, inheriting a website that was designed by X, inheriting a, you know, uh, an ad uh, agency as a as a thing and they're they're now supposed to get plugged in and the reasons they're probably brought in are like, oh, we need to take this more seriously and bring this in-house 
And uh, like, is that is that also a typical thing? Or are you talking more of like, hey, I'm the founder or there's a there's a founder CEO and whatnot. And they're also just like hiring their first marketer and being like, I need a website. Build me the website. <laughs> um, yes, to both. So I have seen it where they have a marketing function where the founder or maybe like a growth sort of expert has come in and utilizes the agencies and the freelancers and all of that stuff. Um, and where maybe the founder is the one who really is mostly engaged, really does keep charge of like the budget and the outputs and the vision setting and all of that stuff. Um, and then the other part is where it's a brand new startup and the founder's like, okay, we've been going for two or three years now. We really need to to hire someone in-house who, who can run this. And, and mostly it comes down to when it's the startup founder, um, it's almost like someone else has to own it. The founder themselves gets to a point where they can't, usually they're the ones that have to approve or, um, you know, tweak or whatever, every single thing. So when I'm a consultant freelancer coming in and that's the situation, the founder is like the CMO. He's the one that's like, yes, this looks good. Tweak the copy like this. So he kind of how she has to know, you know, the lay of the land and be the one who's the, the final say, right? They have the final say. And it gets to a point where the founder does not have the bandwidth to be the final say. That's when they're like, okay, I got to hire someone who can just own all of this, be the one to kind of be the final say, be the one to make the decisions um, and be the one to basically be a project manager or manage, set the vision, set the strategy and manage the agencies and the freelancers. Right. So get, yeah. get them out of the decision tree and they really just want to hand off and then yeah. and, and let, let someone else run. Okay. Yes. So where would you start with, um, so what, what, what do you think the biggest challenges are of these and uh, of, of these people coming in? Um, I mean, the first thing I would think of off the top of my head is even all the stuff we've talked about is just probably just getting a general lay of the land of what are the expectations of that person you're coming to, in to work for and what assets do you have agencies, whatever, and what agents, reusing the word agency, but in a different way, but what agency do you have to not use those agencies or, you know, and whatnot. So those are kind of the first things I think of, but I'm sure there's fraught with challenges that they're going to have. I think so too. And I think it is a matter of getting up to speed. Um, Oftentimes when people hire like best buyer persona as a one person marketing team, what they're trying to accomplish is, is we got to get to know who our customers are. We got to get to know our, like, positioning, our product, like they almost have to be, especially in B2B SaaS, um, a product marketer at first. They have to mm-hmm. really clearly understand their product, the features, um, get very clear on that, and then align it to marketing and messaging. So they're creating their personas, they're creating their messaging guides, they're creating, you know, all of these really foundational type of materials that are going to then be able to like hand off to your freelance writers or your PPC ad people or whatever it is. But a lot of times it's like, okay, what's the lay of the land? And then what, um, like what foundational documents do we need to put in place? Cause usually, you know, if you've hired an agency or something like that, um, your personas are very demographic, very kind of surface level. You, they don't typically go full in depth, like a consultancy, like best buyer persona. So it's a lot of what are the, the nuances, what's the depth, um, let's, let's get a good, good picture, like of the overview 
And then that way they can then start executing and, and rolling things out. It's a challenge. I would say being a one person marketing team, um, your greatest priority is prioritization. Like what <laughs> can you prioritize? What's the most important thing? Um, and then how, what can you basically uh, off board? What can you pay? What right. can you delegate? Yeah, no. And then I would also say managing the expectations of the founder and, and whoever else you work for, right? Because hopefully, you know, at this point, I think we can't talk about like how to pick this job, but you're already in the seat, right? Like, yeah. so um, hopefully you have a, you know, some, a boss that understands marketing. So they're not uh, just, just coming in with like their, how they view marketing. Cause that's, I think one of the bigger challenges or just how do you, you know, having those types of conversations, setting those expectations or just drawing the clean lines of, like you said, oftentimes this person used to do some of it. So they have some knowledge of it and yeah. they have strong opinions and whatnot, but, you know, making sure that you draw those clear lines and, and also, but they also can't be left from going from, you know, a hundred miles per hour to zero overnight either. They, they, they're still building trust with you and that there's some common knowledge or there's some deep knowledge that they have historically that could be helpful in, in making the right decisions towards something. You probably can't come in and say, Oh yeah, we need to, you know, the classic trope of we need to build a new website. Now I need a new website. Yeah. I need all these things. Cause I need everything to be me and do my thing. Right. As a, as a marketer. So yeah. there's a lot, a lot in there. And I think the number one job of a one person marketing team at first is to share your marketing philosophy. You know, everyone kind of has the viewpoint that they stand on marketing, whether that's organic or really social is the most important thing, or it's blog content, it's written content, it's video, it's, it's, uh, you know, gated content, it's paid advertising is really the way to go. Like everyone has the philosophy that they stand behind and that they're most comfortable with. And mm -hmm. so be clear on that with your founder or with your boss, like be clear. This is really my approach to marketing. This is what I believe in. And then it really is the marketer's job to tie all of their um, assets, all of their tactics and the things that they're doing to revenue. Because mm -hmm. when you're a one person marketer, you know, it's easy for the founder or the CEO to come down and be like, hey, we need more leads, like turn on the ads or crank it up or do whatever you do. Um, and the marketer is like, that's not how it works. Well, it's right. not your boss's job to know how it works. It's your job to teach your boss how it works. So a lot of education is necessary. I saw a stat, I cannot remember, and I'm going to probably butcher the numbers, but the, the general idea of the stat is, most CEOs are not happy with their CMO, with their the lead of marketing. And I would say that's mm -hmm. probably true when you're a one-person marketing team. Um, and so because they feel like, oh, it's a waste or they're not doing what we thought they were going to do. And I don't think that's necessarily a CEO's fault. I think that marketers don't do a great job of really clearly tying their outputs to revenue or to conversions or to users or something like we got to tie it to strong business cases or it's going to always look like, Oh, that's just a front, a fun thing we do. Like it's never going to look like a core business um, case or something. Right. Now I love the part about values, like in terms of like making sure that you are aligned in values with the, with your boss, or at least like, 
you know, if it's like their expectation is paid ads, but you came in as an SEO person, right? Like those and, and that skill set, right? Like that, those could be, that's a totally different skill set, right? Like, yeah. and, and, uh, and a potential divergence in alignment between the two of you. So, you know, what, where I would push on the responsibility of the CEO and founder is probably like at least, however they did do the vetting, like that's on them, right? Like, yeah. so if they were, if they were like, I want, they should know at least, I would say enough about like the job description and the responsibilities. And I think that's always a telltale sign. You'll hear marketers me like, have you seen this job description? And right. it's sort of like everything, but at the same time, maybe that's just an opportunity for them to be educated more as well. And like, if you did take that call, it's great. And it's like, okay, well, actually, let me distill this down. Maybe you couldn't write it out and you didn't have time. But what is important? You, you listed all these other these twenty things. Of course, you want the world. You want to boil the ocean. You want you want the unicorn super narwhal uh, marketer. Yeah. <laughs> but pick t- pick three. What are the most important? Let, am I aligned with that? Like, okay, cool. And I, hey, if I was to give you any advice, like maybe uh, maybe like tweak this and, and and simmer down, or make two job postings. Make two separate job postings. One for a product marketer. Um, and one for a content marketer. Yeah. So like that could help you. You can't get them all, but it, you know, it'd be helpful. You know, you could even be helpful helping them understand if you're the right fit and where that alignment is too. Yeah, absolutely. I had that, uh, that conversation a lot with a few founders, especially as a content lead um, on my LinkedIn. It says that I wrote for money.com because so I did. And um, I was with them around 2019 and someone recently shared a graph of like their content uh, production process and just how much content they were producing, how many people were in charge of it, um, all that stuff. And so founders would find me because, oh, she worked for money.com. Let's, she can do help us do the same thing. And they'd say, we want to produce like monday.com. And they, like, I was going to be the everything. And I would have to right. very clearly explain like, okay, monday.com is spending a hundred thousand dollars a month on like, project managers and strategists. And then each strategist had four or five writers and then editors. And, you know, it was an intense process and we were creating Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, And as soon as they realized, because there's this lie that's been told that content creation is cheap and you should just do it. And then, so they come to you thinking, yeah, I should be able to run a whole content program for $10,000 a month. No problem. Um, Which you can at a lower, you know, output. But if you want to output like a monday.com, it's expensive. And so that was a clear conversation of like, okay, we need to level set expectations for a minute. Like you have a different budget than monday.com has. So let's work with your budget. Um, and you know, that's just part of one of the things you have to do is really be clear and concise. And sometimes there's some education that needs to be involved. Yeah, no, that's, I think I saw some of your posts that and it, it is super interesting looking at that. And of course, anyone probably from the content side would be like, well, yeah, of course it's going to require like a, an army of people writing briefs and, and how does this all align and making sure there's no, uh, you know, uh, crossover people writing the same things on the same topics and, and just from a different project manager or whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, that, but, but that's where a CEO is looking to be hungry. Like they're hungry. They're, they're yeah. going to a grocery store hungry, looking around LinkedIn's like, how can I grow? Why is, Oh, I've heard about Monday and I'll.com or, you know, ones we'll run into is I've heard a Dropbox. Like, how can I, 
have a Dropbox like referral program is like, it's a totally different product. That is a totally different thing. That's virality and network effects and different things. That is not the same as what we do, but right. So you've got to like yeah. walk it back and put it set, set realistic expectations, but they're hungry. I mean, especially now, right? Like everyone's looking yes. for, everyone probably looks at Monday now and says like, yeah, but you see that that whole uh, adage of like the best time to plant a tree. Well, they planted their tree like two, three years ago, and now they're getting the fruits of the labor in this, in this, they invested in SEO, they invested in content, they invested in these things. And everyone's like, well, I want that tree. And it's like, yeah, well, you've got to plant today. And maybe you don't have an army of, uh, and tractors and whatnot to go plant this field of, of trees yeah. and, and all these, uh, things that need to happen now. So, yeah. So one person marketing teams shouldn't really be comparing themselves to the monday.com size teams, right? Like that's not fair. Um, there are a lot of ways though, that one person marketing teams can level up, right. And they can mm -hmm. execute, you know, obviously using freelance writers, freelance, you know, um, copywriters, things like that to help you produce faster, better. Um, if you can even bring in a, like I was a content lead under a one person marketing team often. And so I would kind of manage and run the entire content operations. And then the marketer was able to, um, you know, really came in as like a VP of marketing. They weren't just kind of this one level. Um, so utilize contractors, utilize freelancers to the most of your budget's ability, right? Like really identify what's key, what's important. Um, and not to plug, but that's exactly why Growth Insights, the agency even started this because I was just like, all of these one person marketing teams, they keep coming to me. They keep saying, hey, yeah, we want to do research. We want to know our customers. And I would tell them my best buyer persona process, which is like two months long and tens of thousands right. of dollars. And they're like, oh, I, I don't even have, I don't have time for that. I can't don't have time that for right that. Now. I don't have the budget for that. Like we have to, I'm trying to execute a campaign like next week or next month. Um mm -hmm. And I heard that over and over and over again. And so I was like, I just want to create something to help these people out because there's such right. a need. Um, and they really are like, I've seen some one person marketing teams, like just produce like insane amounts of content and creation and creative and ads um, that it's impressive, I think. No, and that's, and that's the advantage. So we've talked a lot about, <laughs> it's funny. It's like, we, we've done a lot of negative aspects of like, the, being the one person marketing team, but the the thing they can do is once you do set those expectations aligned with the values and what is aligned with your skill set of how it can help that business, like you can run you can run on laps and dig deep in those because it, it's that like you don't have to translate among fifty departments or have to you know if you're if you only have one boss versus like oh I have to I also have to uh, you know, if you have a larger team where you have to worry about coaching and managing people and those yeah. other things, right? So like you can operate with with such efficiency of like you lock down your positioning. Uh, you are the source of truth for the positioning. You don't have to go and write it down and sell it to the CMO, sell it to the, sell it to the staff underneath, sell it to the sales team. Like uh, you might still have to sell it to the sales team, but probably <laughs> you've got, there's, there's uh, that, that ability and that speed that you could go through some of those things. Um, you know, you do have inherent advantages of, of that. And, and if you can, like you said, the, the skill sets of prioritization have to be paramount in addition to, you know, uh, managing expectations, like we said, and probably project management is that, is that like I would say the third 
rung of the tree or or a ring that would help you, especially if you're going to be utilizing freelancers and agencies. Yeah. Yeah. So it just dawned on me, we both are looking at one person marketing teams kind of from the outside circle. So I'd be curious mm-hmm. to hear from our listeners, from the actual one person marketer who's running this, like, what is your greatest challenge? What is your um, best win? Like, what are the things that maybe you're struggling with most? And then what's the thing that like, you're like, yes, this is why it's amazing to be a one person marketing team. Let us know in the comments, um, either on Twitter or Substack would be, it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, definitely. Love to hear from you. All right, Josh. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye.